so good to be in Wellington. I am a, um, uh, I was born in Lower Hutt, and uh, I supported the Hurricanes for many years, uh, and uh, then I moved to Dunedin, and because I just ran out of faith. <laughs> but praise the Lord, you guys obviously had enough faith this year, and you won the Super or Rugby Championship, and and so I'm happy to say that the Hurricanes are my North Island team, and uh, the Highlanders are my South Island team, so it's all good. Great to be in Wellington, it's so good, such a privilege to be here to um, share this morning. I've got family in this church, uh, not just church family, but we have Will and Shana and uh, Desiree's uh, sister. Uh, here, they're, they're, they're wagging this morning, and we've had words already. So it's all right. We, we, yeah, it's okay. It's all good. <laughs> they're good. It's so good. Hey, um, uh, um, obviously, for those who don't know who Desiree and I are, we, we pastor Equippers Church in Dunedin. We have three kids, Jacob, Oliver, and Harper. Well, it's about Jacob, Oliver, and Harper. They've grown up, and they're having birthdays, so they are now nine, seven, and almost five. So uh, it's all good. And um, my oldest son has unfortunately broken his collarbone, but it's healed in Jesus' name. Uh, it depends on his mood on whether it's healed or not. Uh, if he wants to do something energetic, he's like, Dad, it's fine. And then if he can't be bothered, it's like, oh, this is my shoulder's sore. So uh, I don't mind. <laughs> It's all good. We're, uh, as I was just sharing before, we have started our long service leave as well. We were on, we're off for a couple of months, and we're doing a few things. Uh, we're taking our kids to the Gold Coast. Um, I'm excited about that too. And um, and then I go to LA Central Coast um, with Pastor Pat Sparrow and the team up there, and we're seeing Equippers launched on the Central Coast. That's going to be awesome. And then um, great honor, great privilege really is that uh, Desiree then flies and I get on her plane. I say it's her plane, but I get on the leg, the second leg, and we fly to the UK. We're there for the weekend, then we fly to Israel. And uh, I'm really excited about going to Israel uh, because um, my family is staunchly Jewish, but um, I'm not. And uh, I'm going to have to get knocked off a donkey if God wants me to stop eating bacon. Um, it's just not going to happen. Uh, but my ancestry, my history is, uh, long story short, it, we are fully Jewish. Um, but uh, I don't want, I won't get into the whole story, but we lost connection. Um, but I'm excited to go to Israel, not just to find uh, some ancestry, ancestral stuff, but to be in the promised la land. Just to be, and I'm, I'm nervous. I'm like, God, what's, what are you going to do? Well, you know, maybe I will get knocked off a donkey. Um, or fall off a donkey. <laughs> or crush a donkey, one or the other. But anyway, so we're doing that, and we're doing, um, I don't know if you had the privilege to meet Francesco and Tanya Basili from Rome. They're, they're the pastors that are going to be launching Equipers Rome, so we're going to say hi to them. And we're going to go say hi to Dan and Juana in Zurich as well. So, you know, struggling on sabbatical. <laughs> but it's, it's, we're really struggling. You know, I just went through the app, 
and the, uh, the weather app in the Gold Coast is basically 29, 29, 29, 30, 31, 29. I'm like, I'm glad that we're living in the water, so that'd be good. Anyway, this morning, I want to I wanna share some thoughts, and it's really, um, this, is, this is what I love. This is what I live for. Um, I live for. I live for the church of Jesus Christ. Um, I love the church. Uh, and in fact, our church in Dunedin has just finished its first service this morning. Uh, and they're about a quarter of an hour away from starting their second service this morning. And, uh, and then tonight they'll have their third service at 5 p.m. I, I reckon there's nothing like the church of Jesus Christ. And I love the church because the church is not just about a Sunday. But Sundays are so important. It's because when we get together corporately, and we can believe together corporately. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, it says, Let us not neglect meeting together, but to encourage one another and to spur one another on towards love and good deeds, even more as we see the day of the Lord approaching. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tighten this up. No, I'm not. <laughs> All right. See, these preachers that preach with the iPad, it would be a lot more health and safety. That's right. That's right. I don't need the, do I need the clock? Yeah, I need the clock. That's right. There we go. Rate now. Remind me later. No, thanks. There we go. <laughs> don't you hate that? All those things coming up? First world problems, right. Um, anyway, I love the church. I love serving in church. I uh, uh, I mean, when we're in London, we serve the church there. Much what you guys do here, get up early in the morning, come in and set in. But they were a little bit crazier in London because they decided, oh, let's not do the same venue in the afternoon. Let's do a different venue. And so it would be straight after the service, we'd pack it all down, shift into the city of London, set up again, pre- the, 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 they would preach, not me, and then... Uh, and we'd pack it all down, and so it'd be an early day, sort of like 5.30 to uh, 9 p.m., two pack-ins, two pack-outs, but, you know, every opportunity to see people healed for Jesus, every opportunity to see someone respond to Jesus, and uh, I, I loved serving in the production team because I was, a, I was one of those shy guys who didn't really like people. I didn't like meeting new people. Um, in fact, uh, I, I, it's only by the grace of God now uh, that I like meeting new people. Um, it's a good thing because we pastor a church, so it's good. To, yeah. So we, like meet, we do like meeting new people now, but I love serving. My heart, my motivational gift is to serve. And I don't know what yours is, but so Jesus, he said he didn't come to be served, but to serve. So his motivational gift was to serve. And so, um, you know, I'm just copying him on that. And he was a carpenter. I was a carpenter. Uh, not that I'm comparing myself to Jesus at all, but if you know a good thing, why don't you just follow it, you know? Um, but I just love the church. I love the church of Jesus Christ. I love seeing people respond for Jesus. And if it takes me to put a speaker on the stage or to set the stage up or to, or to run the coffee machine or to say hi in the foyer or, or just to create an atmosphere or in an environment for someone to respond for Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to do it. And, and, and I think most of us want to do it as well. But in life, there's things that stop us from doing what God has called us to do. 
And in fact, we, we've been going through a series in, in church. I just said, you know what, when it comes to serving in church, why is it so hard to get people to serve? It's, it's like, as a pastor, it's like, I mean, I know we've got a couple of dentists as pastors, but to, it's easier to pull teeth than it is to get the hosting roster full. Or, or, or to get the production roster full. I'm like, why? Why? And so I, in September, we started the series, and we've been going through it, called Serve September. And, uh, and it's something that we're going to do annually now. We're going to do it every September where we encourage, we encourage people in the life of the church. If you've never served anywhere or you want to try serving on a team, uh, write your name down. We're going to get you the leader's information. They're going to call you, and we're going to give you the opportunity to serve in a team. We've got our e-groups. We said, hey, what we want you to do is to find something in your community that you can serve. Get together and serve. And so we got we got students making outside furniture for other students out of, out of pallet furniture. It's probably going to be burnt, but hey, that's okay. Lest it's not going to be too toxic like actual real couches. But um, yeah, we've got people making meals for other people. We've got so many initiatives that have started. Why? Because of the heart of serving. But I, I've figured out that serving is actually hard work because the devil doesn't want you to serve. He doesn't want you to step in to everything he's called you to be. I don't know. As a pastor, I'm like, hey, to people, we need more e-groups in church. Why don't you lead an e-group? Everyone, like, freezes up. An e-group? I couldn't lead an e-group. Why? I'm like, what do you mean you can't lead an e-group? Have you got a place? Is there a cafes around? Can you speak? <laughs> Hi, welcome to e-group. Have you got a phone? Most people have got a phone. Ring people. You can lead an e-group. Qualifications for leading an e-group. But for one reason or another, we, we, we tighten up. We go, ah, I can't do this. And I know this journey. I know, I know this pressure. I know this suffocation that the devil will tell you you're not good enough and so this morning I want to go through a few things and and uh, I believe at the end of this morning God's going to move and we're just going to get some confidence godly confidence in our heart uh, because we believe in what Jesus is doing in our worlds amen awesome I love Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 it talks about God's purpose and all his richness was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety and all its means, and, and to, to display His wisdom to the, unse- to the authorities of the unseen world. The church is here to stand up and to pray and to believe and for breakthrough over the city. Can we believe for breakthroughs over this great Wellington city and the regions of Wellington? I'm like, yeah, you can't. Like it's, I'm hearing a, a few yeses. But there's some of us who are a little bit nervous about that. And I want to say that's okay. Because I want to tell you this morning, God has put something inside of every single one of you. And He's called you to change your world or encourage your world for Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 5, it says this, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are His dear children, living a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us. And offered himself as a sacrifice for all of us, a pleasing aroma to God. When it comes to giving your life for Jesus, the Bible says we need to imitate God 
Therefore, in everything that we do, I've figured out that we can quickly run ahead on our own, uh, on our own unction or our own ambition. But when we run ahead on imitating God, what, what, what are we running ahead on? We're running ahead on, we're running with the love of Jesus Christ. That we actually love that person that we don't know. To love that person who doesn't know Jesus. I was speaking to someone last night and they were talking about this and they were talking about end times and they were talking about reading different books and all that. And I was like, man, I, I don't really, I'm not that interested in end times. For me, it's going to be in about 60 years. Well, I'm, that's what I reckon I've got around, you know, <laughs> if, if I get there. But, but I'm like, man, what I'm interested in right now is, man, there's too many, if end times happens now, how many people are going to be going to hell? How many people are not going to hear the gospel? How many people are not going to have an opportunity to know the love of Jesus Christ? And it goes on. So let's imitate God. Let's number, I don't have a number one. I've got not, this is like a number 0.1 before the number one. But let's start off with the base of the love of God in our life. It's like, yeah, we know that. But I, I get challenged every time. Someone comes and whinges and moan at, moans to me as a pastor. I'm like, I've got to love this person. I've got to love this person. And the funny thing is, is when I've chosen to love them, I've been actually able to lead them into a stronger and healthier space. And it's like, I, I, when I lead them out of a frustration or anger, it goes nowhere with anyone. But let's, let's choose to imitate God and love uh, 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 the people that are in our world. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 to 9. It says this, After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work of the, uh, the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What is important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers, and you are, God, and you are God's field. You are God's building. I want to I talk a little bit this morning. It's like, what's important in life is that, God makes the seed grow. We know that from the scripture. It's important that God makes the seed grow. Do you want to know what else is important? It says here it's not important, but it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. But what is important is someone plants and someone waters. So we've got to understand that, man. We've got, if, if God's given you, given you this opportunity, that's an opportunity to water. If God's given you this opportunity, someone else over here meets that person, that's an opportunity to plant. God has given us all these opportunities, and we need to make sure that we're there to plant, and we need to water, because in the combination of many people, God grows the seed. One of the things that happened at the end of last year for us is that a lot of our worship team uh, moved on to Christchurch. We had about six musicians go to Christchurch, and and uh, and that's that's you like okay praise the Lord for that, but I'm like, 
Uh-huh. You know, they all went for good reasons. They were doing, you know, post-grad studies or a new job or something like that. But we were excited for pastors John and Karen. They're like, you're inher- inheriting another music team and, and all that sort of stuff. And, yeah, that's, that, on the outside, that's what I was saying. But, I was, but what's important is we had an opportunity. There's people here serving your kids at the moment that we know who were in our church in Marston when we were there. And we had an opportunity to plant. You guys have got an opportunity to water. But what's important is God grows. And we've got to believe that God's going to continue growing His kingdom one by one. Um, I hate the fact that when you do jigsaw puzzles, there's always one piece missing. There's always. And in fact, I, I, I love it now is that when we get a new jigsaw puzzle, I always get one piece and I put it in my pocket. And all the, we sit down, we do the jigsaw puzzle and with all the kids at the table and like, it's a race and they're filling it up and they're like, there's one piece missing. And, and they're, I look under the table and they're all looking under the table. I get out of my pocket. Oh, I found it. Oh, I just love playing it. Oh, yeah. the, the Bible says do not wind up your kids, but anyway. But, but I, I love it when that piece is actually found. You know, when 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 you when you when you watch the uh, the Paralympics recently, you know, and and uh, this is not meant to be offensive in, in any means, but you see some of the swimmers and and they will take off their their prosthetic limb and they'll leave it on the side and then they'll swim and then they'll they'll sort of jump out and hobble uh, and 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 that and so here's the thought though. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, it says the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the whole body, so it is with the body of Christ. See, there's, what I want to say this morning is we always want to find that missing jigsaw piece to complete the picture. When, when you see that, that person who has, unfortunately, for one reason or another, doesn't, don't have full legs, they get out and they, ha- they hop over to their their seat, and then they attach the whatever they need to attach, and they're up and going again. See, the problem that I see when it comes to the body of church, the body of Christ, is that a whole lot of churches are just hopping around. A whole lot of churches are, are not in, at the speed they're supposed to be going because uh, there's people who have chosen not to serve. You've chosen not to serve because we all have a choice whether we want to serve on a Sunday. I love church, and I'm passionate about church because I love it. I don't even have to be up here preaching. But at the end of the service, someone is going to say, hey, if you don't know Jesus this morning as your Lord and Savior, if you don't have a passion or a purpose in your heart that you don't know, uh, we're going to love to pray with you. And when someone responds this morning, man, I'm excited about that. And, and, but what happens is but there's just a lot of churches limping around and, and not causing them to be what they could be because people are not choosing. See, what about tonight? Tonight we've got a service. Are you going to be there? Are you going to choose to serve God? Well, it's Sunday. Well, let me give you a little bit of theology on, on Sunday for just a second. And this wasn't part of my notes, but so I, I'm just, you know, fitting in. But uh, God created the world in seven days. He rested in one. So six days he worked. One day he rested. So we've come up, and mankind have come up with this idea that Monday to Friday is, is the days that we want to work. And then Saturday is the day that we, um, you know, we, we do the lawns. 
um, we, we, we go and find our trampoline from next door because we live in Wellington. Um, and then on Sunday, it's like, oh, rest day. I'm going to cruise along to church. Might get there at 5 to 10. And then we'll go to church and we'll have a good time. I'll get to worship God. And, uh, and we'll leave at uh, 11.30 and, and we'll go and have some lunch. And then I'll just put my feet up and relax and, and I'll have an afternoon nap. Because it's cold and windy outside. Sounds appealing, doesn't it? <laughs> Why do we do that? When God rested after he did all the work. So I, I want to choose to say that God's given us six days to fit all that we need to fit into our lives. And then that is, this is inc- I believe that our Sunday is God's day. Desiree and I choose to rest on Saturday. And resting for us is mowing the lawn, is doing those jobs, is playing with the family. But when it comes to Sunday, Sunday is not a rest day. Sunday for us is game day. I'm like, oh, I don't even care if, uh, if I'm, I'll do Sunday for free. Because Sunday is game day when the church gets together. There's an opportunity to create, be here and, and just be a person to create atmosphere for that one person that might be in your e-group that is believing for their mum or their dad or their sister or their cousin or their workmate to be saved. But we turn up and there's only there's five people at church. That's not an exciting church. I'm not saying there's going to be five people here tonight. I don't know how many people are going to be here tonight. But I want to say, as a church, can, could, could we go a little bit further when it comes to serving the house? It's like, man, we, Desiree and I, we, we've got kids. And so we, as the, as the leaders of the church, we do a 5 p.m. service. Well, I want our kids to be in bed by 7 on a Sunday night because they've got school, all that sort of stuff. But then they get to a point where we're never home by 7 because the preaching goes long and then we're talking and communicating with other people and we get home. Generally, 8.30, quarter to 9, our kids go to bed at night. But we've prayed a prayer. Lord, our kids are serving you. Would you redeem their sleep? And, they, and God does. And God does. But let's, let's serve the church. Man, I better hurry up. Right. This is just this is just all the introduction. Right. <laughs> There's many different reasons why we don't serve Jesus. Proverbs twenty one twenty one, the New Living Translation says this whoever pursues righteousness and failing love will find life, righteousness and honor. If you've heard of Nicky Gumbel, he says this the key is not your job or your career, it's the goal you are pursuing. Don't let your job and your career determine how you use your week. I know that we honor our bosses and I know all that sort of stuff and we, we are, lo- I know how it all works. I used to be a builder. I know what work, but I never ever let it determine how I'd serve. In fact, Desiree and I were one of the first that went to our bosses in the UK and said, hey, look, um, I just went to my boss. I was a site manager and I said, can I, um, if I get the job done, can I have one day off a week? You don't have to pay for me, pay, pay me. But uh, I, I would just like to do my job in four days. Um, is that okay? And in fact, the first house that I built over in the UK took me um, 13 months 
the next house that I built in the UK, or because I was a site manager, I was doing it on four days a week. Took me nine months. See, because why? I put a purpose in my heart. I put something in my heart that I was like, God, I want to build your house. I want to enable you. And and man, I didn't lack anything when it comes to fin- financial income as well. I want to talk about Moses real quickly. Moses is a great friend of mine. He's um. He he. I relate to Moses a lot. Uh, when we first asked to be part of be pastors, and we were in the UK, and we asked to go to Masterdom, uh, Moses was my friend. I read through Exodus. I read through all, all, all the, the beginning of it because I liked who he was. He he gave me excuses. You know how we find someone in the Bible that can give us excuses. Uh, but Moses helped me out a lot. But the thing is, let, let's. Let's, let's just read out of uh, Exodus chapter 4. But Moses protested again. Because here's, here's the thing. Moses has an encounter with God. There's this burning bush experience. Most people know this story. And uh, he, God tells him, I want you to go to Pharaoh. I want you to free uh, the children of Israel. And uh, so there's this encounter. In chapter 4, there's this. Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied, throw it down on the ground. And the Lord, uh, the Lord told him, so Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and turned, it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform the sign, the Lord told him, and they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors and the God of Abraham, uh, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob really has appeared to you. I, I want to I wanna help us this morning because uh, if, you, if you've never had an encounter with Jesus, at the end of the service, I'm going to pray for an encounter with Jesus. But most of us may have, or sh- have had an encounter with Jesus. Something happens to us and there's this, there's this um, I don't know, there's this, unction that comes into our spirit. Man, you're saved by grace. You're called by God. He has a purpose and He has promises for you. There's an encounter that happens and it comes into our heart. I know without a doubt I don't have to achieve my salvation in Christ. I know that Jesus came. He died on the cross. He rose again. He took the penalty of my sin on the cross. He forgave all the things that I have done and that I'm going to do, all my, all my sin. I know that in, in my heart. I've, I've had an encounter with Jesus about it. And then I've had other encounters where I was just sitting on a park bench in the UK where I just felt the presence of God come over me. And I was just like, man, I just feel totally loved right now. And I, I just like, God has called me. I've had different encounters through prophetic words. People have prayed over me and I've just, uh, just know, knowing God's word. In, in my heart and my spirit. But then then comes this issue like Moses had. Moses has this encounter, and then he goes to God. He says six times, oh, oh, I six times he says, I can't do this. Six times he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I stutter. I can't speak very well. I'm not the person that you've called me to do. Now, I understand that. When, I, when, when Pastor Bruce asked us to go and lead a church in Marston, I was like, 
well, I I'm, I'd never preached a message in my entire life. The first message I preached was the first Sunday that we were there. I was like, praise the Lord for grace. It was like one of those times where I know that whatever I spoke, that God then translated it and people received it. <laughs> but I'm like, God, I can't do this. I can't do this. And for years, even as preaching, even as being a pastor, Lord, this is, let's find someone else. So many times. Why? Because why did I have that? I didn't have that in my heart. I had that in my head. Because a lot of the times we get, we God ministers into our heart. But then we've got to get past our head. Oh, what? You've called me to do this? I don't have the time. I'm not good enough. Why would you ask me? I'm useless. But that's all contradictory to what God says about you. And we've got to learn how to go what Moses did. We've got to go from our encounter with God, which is our heart. And we've got to get through reason, which is our head, and then back to our hands. See, God says to Moses, what's that in your hand? What's that in your hand? All of you have got something in your hand. I don't know what your occupation is. I don't know what your passion is. I don't know what, 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 what you're going through, but I know that all of you have got something in your hand. See, see Moses had the staff in his hand. Do you know what that staff did? He held it up many times in battle. And while Joshua was down fighting the battle, Aaron and Hur held it up as well. That staff was in Moses' hand. And the children of Israel won a battle. That staff struck a rock twice. And water came gushing out of it. Well, this is just a twig. No. It's what God has graced you with. It's what God has given you. And it's in your hand. That, that, that staff split the Red Sea. But we've got to understand where we get to Romans chapter 12. Most of you have probably heard the scripture as well. But it says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by what? Changing the way you think. I know what this is about. I've had to go, you know what, God? I'm changing the way I think. As, and it's no longer going to be, uh, who am I? Because that's what Moses would used to say. God, who am I to do this? Who am I to do this? No, God, I'm going to change the way I think. You know how we change the way we think? Is through repentance. We actually have to repent. Because repentant means to turn to God. Or in fact, I've heard it described this way as, as re, which means redo. You go, do it again. But pent means uh, highest view. If you've heard of a penthouse apartment, which is on the top of a, a hotel. So that, that's all about the highest view. So you've got to re, you've got to go back to the highest view of yourself. And I've learned, man, what God, what is the highest view of, of, of Moses? What was the highest view of me? And God just said to me, man, if you are going this way and you are saying, who am I? Then you need to repent. And I'm like, okay, I'll repent. So repent means turn around. And then it was not, 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 not who am I, 
it was I am you. I don't know if you got that. So we turned, we went 180. Not who am I, as I am who. Some of us this morning have got to get it into our heart. It's not who am I to do this, it's I am who God has called to do this. I am who God has called into my workplace. I am who God has called into my family. I am who God has called for, for this moment right now. We look at Esther. Esther, uh, you know, I like the fact that God used supermodels. She was the supermodel of her time back there. The, the king had got, and the queen had had a little bit of an argument, and so they was finding new queens. And, uh, and so there was a process, and for a year she was... Uh, she went through this process of, um, well, let's just say spa treatment for a year. Who, who would like spa treatment for a year? Most of you. <laughs> anyway. But she, she went in and, and she was serving the king. And, uh, but there was this guy, Haman, who got upset with the Jewish people. And he, he made a decree for the king to say, you know, on this day at this time, anyone who is associated or near a Jewish person, we're going to wipe them all out. We're going to destroy them. And Mordecai, her uncle, says, says to her and says, hey, maybe Esther, I like this. And, and you've probably heard the scripture so many times, but I'm just going to find it for you. He calls Esther out and he says, you know this, he says this, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and the relief for the Jew, Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. I mean, Esther could have had so many excuses. And in fact, one of her excuses was that, that she hadn't been invited into the king's court to go and request an audience with the king for, to, to stop this decree. And if, in fact, if you approached the king and he didn't hold out his scepter, to you, that was it. Days out, end of days, you're off, you're gone, you're no longer. And so there was this moment where, ah, but she'd obviously had an encounter in her heart. She had to get through the reasoning in her head. This could be it. But then she held out what was in her hand. She, she was beautiful. She served. She loved. In fact, she had favor with the king. And so she went and she gave it a go and he held out the scepter, brought her in and they talked. We've got to get through the reason in our head. We've got to get the understanding that God has called us. Not just for a Sunday morning, but God's called us for an entire life. God's called us. There's many people in the Bible and uh, I'll just share them real quickly. We've got Esther. What about Joseph? Joseph has this, the history of his fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Gets handed down to him, and, and uh, he hears all these great stories and all that, but, but then he goes through this life of, you know, the story, going into the, into the pit and going into, into slavery and going to um, Potiphar's house and getting accused of rape, getting sent to the prison, all this sort of stuff. Man, I don't know about you, but I've got to get th I would have to get that past my head. I'm flipping it, God. I'm doing all this stuff for you. What are you? you haven't answered my prayers. And what am I doing here? I'm still in prison. 
none of us have ever had that attitude. And we, we, oh man, I've been praying, I've been praying, I've been praying, I've been praying. God, well, when are my finances going to come through? I've been honoring the word of God and I've been bringing the tithe into the storehouse. Keep trusting, keep believing. Got to get past what's in our head and we've got to think of the ways that God would want us to think. And we've got to take what's in our heart through our head and know what's in our hands. See, Esther, uh, I've got to, Esther had courage. She had strategy. She had uh, wisdom to be able to organize the meeting with Haman and the king on the right time. It wasn't the first time. It was the second time. She had what was, she knew the gifts that are on her life. With Joseph, Joseph was betrayed. He was sold. Lots of excuses. But then he served God, he knew, knew what was in his hand when he, when he got asked to be the second person in all of Pharaoh. He had the wisdom. He knew how, why, because of the wisdom of God coming down through him. He was able to govern the land well that when the famine hit, in fact, he sold all the grain back to all the Egyptians and even more. Because he, he took what was in his hand. He took what was in the wisdom of his dreams. He used the dreams that was in a, a gift from God to get him back into the place where God truly had for him. What about David? He was anointed king. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 13, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. But it wasn't until years later. And, and then he goes to visit. We know Goliath. We know the story in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17 well. He's there. And he's got this unction in his heart. He's, real, he's like, killer, he's out there. He's like, who's this person? But then Saul says, okay, all right, you can go and have, you can take him out. But Saul tries to put his armor on him. And says, no, this is how you've got to do it. How many times have you got to get past people's, this is how you've got to do it? This is, oh, this is the way they did it, so this is how you're supposed to do it. No, you're supposed to do it the way that God is calling you to do it. He had to get past that reasoning in his head. He's like, get this stuff off of me. This is how, I, this is how God's showing me. This is, this is how I killed a bear. This is how I killed a lion. This is what's in my hand. He, he just knew how to, how, to do it, how to use a sling. That's all he needed. I mean, you might be a professional in this room. Just use that. You might be a builder in this room. Praise the Lord for builders. Amen. But just use that. You, you, you might be someone who serves at, at New World. Boop. Next thing. Just use that. How are you doing today? Great. They do, that person doesn't even, know that, doesn't even need to know that you're praying for them and releasing favor over their life. Why? Because some water, some plant. There's an opportunity to water. There's an opportunity to plant. But let's take what God places in us, which is imitating God, the love of God, but get through the reasoning and let's use what's in our hand. David used what was in his hand and he flung that sling. It's great. Come on, let's use what's in our hand. If the musicians can jump up, that'd be great. I like, uh, what about Peter? Good old Peter. Peter gets a hard time. But I like Peter because he was passionate. He was called by God. 
He was one of the disciples. I don't know about you, but that's pretty cool. Out of all time, never going to happen again. There's 12 disciples and Peter gets called as one of them. He has this conversation with Jesus. He's just had a hard night's fishing. Jesus turns up, hey, bro, can I borrow your boat? Gets in, pushes it out, has this conversation, gets out and says, oh, by the way, you need to go fishing again. Go out, cast your nets on the other side. There's this encounter. There's this, the miraculous just falls. And Peter's never seen fish like this in all of them. In fact, he, the, the miracle that he encountered, he needed to call other people in to go, come and check this out. I need help with this. There was, a, there was the miraculous that he encountered straight away. There was a, something happened in his heart. But we know Peter. He was emotional. Anyone else know any emotional people in the world? Don't look at anyone right now. Every now and then he flips out. Every now and then he brain farts, says the wrong things. Jesus even says to him, get behind me, Satan. How crazy is that? I don't know about you, but I've said a whole lot of things wrong before in my life. But he's got to get past was what was in his head. Man, I denied you again, Jesus. I denied you. Whoa, what? He didn't want me to cut off his head? Put the sword back. But I would have thought that's what you wanted me to do. Calm down. Oh, that's all right. I'll just fix it. Pick up the ear. <laughs> Be healed. Another miracle right there. Like, wow. But Jesus knew what was in Peter. Jesus knew that he wanted to release the miraculous all over him. So that's why he started with miracles. That's why he showed the disciples miracles after miracles after miracles. But he needed someone like Peter who is passionate. He needed someone like Peter who had a fire in their heart that if they were going to come and try and take Jesus, even though he might have not done it too right, but someone willing to stand up someone willing to just go and give it a go but might get it wrong Peter in the New Testament in Acts he talks about when even that he'll walk along and that his shadow healed people I say that's crazy Peter was one of the persons that there's not one of the only person that he said to Jesus that Jesus said to him get out of the boat and walk on water he walked on water for a few steps. He started sinking. Jesus said, get up. He reached out his hand, grabbed him up. Peter was like, okay. When he walks past the, the beggar into the gate uh, in Acts chapter 2, the gate beautiful, the beggar's there saying, you got any silver or gold? He goes, no, 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 I don't have that. But what I do have in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And he reaches out his hand and he lifts him up. He just did exactly what Jesus did to him when he was sinking out of the boat. He just like lifted him up. Why? Because there was, there was passion in him. There was purpose in him. And he went on. What about Paul? Paul, amazing man of God. But do you know what he was like before? He had an encounter with God. He was strict. He knew the scriptures inside 
and out. He was as Jewish as Jewish people. He was like the one of the top. He had the scholars would say that he was he he would have had to have memorized most of the scripture, most of it. You're like, what a, this guy? Then he has an encounter with God. Gets knocked off his horse. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And God meets him and God speaks to him. He had to get rid of all that reasoning. Oh, this is what the scriptures say. This is what this was. All that. That learnt application. And then God uses the very skill that he had to write most of the New Testament and to reach uh, the Gentiles for Jesus. Someone who had a gift of learning, someone who had a gift of being able to write well. Because why he used the, what he had an encounter with Jesus, he got past the reasoning in his head and he used what was in his hand. I want to say to you to, this morning as we finish, every single one of us, God wants to have an encounter with you. But there's going to be a challenge to get through your head, but God's saying, come on, transform your thinking by renewing your mind. Choosing to go, How would, what would God say about me? When the, but, you, but using the very gifts that God's given you. I love the fact that I'm a builder. I've rebuilt six stages in churches across uh, New Zealand. Fun times. Nail guns, all sorts of things. But every time I build a stage, I think of always, how many people are going to get saved from whoever speaks on it? And that's just practical stuff. But God's called you to use your entire life for Him. Your entire life. Monday to, fr- Monday to Sunday. It's all for Him. Why don't we stand? We're going to finish now. and I'm just going to pray for three things. The first thing is real simply, or the three things are just simply going through the steps. The first one is, I would love to pray with you to have an encounter with Jesus. Maybe you've had an encounter with Jesus, but you're feeling like it's dusty. You're feeling like it's on the shelf. It hasn't been moved in years. I want to tell you, God never gives up. And so don't give up. Hold on to the promises of God because the Bible says that the promises of God are yes and amen. Can you just believe for that encounter again this morning? To know that you're called by God, that you're a child of God, that He's for you and not against you. But then I also would love to pray for, the, for that second thing of getting, it, getting past the reasoning in your head. I understand what it's like. I failed school C, well, school C back then. I failed it twice. 37% for English. I was quite happy with that, actually. Pastor Bruce says, I want you to lead a church, and I want you to go to Bible college, 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 college. Woo! Freaking out, college. In fact, Amanda helped me through college. It was great. People on the inside. No, no. College. Ah, what? In fact, I was so wound up about college. They had this thing called a resubmission. 
if you didn't get it right, you'd resubmit it, come back. And those who have gone to Bible college know this word. And, and uh, I, I did my first assignment at Bible college. So nervous. I did it all. Praise the Lord for my intelligent wife. She proofread everything for me. She didn't write it, I wrote it. But she proofread everything. Sent it in. And waiting. About three weeks later, it finally came back. First assignment. Resubmission. I was dead. It's like 37 again. 37% useless. Then I opened it up. Please put your name on and resubmit. I resubmitted my assignment with my name on it. And they take 10% off for a resubmission straight away. I got 77%. But I had to get past my thinking. I had to know that God had called me into it. Now, I am not teaching Bible college. I'm using what God's placed in my hands to now serve Him in the, in the way that I'm serving Him now. Do I need Jesus every day? Yes, I need Jesus every day. But I love the fact that God has called His church to display His purposes to the rulers of the unseen world. I believe in the church of Jesus Christ, and I will serve all day for it. I will serve through the week through it. Why? Because someone gave me the opportunity to know Jesus. And I pray this morning that we get that. I'd love to pray if you're struggling in your mind, saying you can't do this, or you're, you feel like you're useless, you feel like you're un- unable to do it, I would love to pray with you. And last thing I'd love to pray for this morning real quick is that you would step into the favor and the grace that God has for you over your life, the very thing that He's placed in your hands. Maybe some of you are retraining. That's cool. Great. Go with it. But just be who you are. God's called you to be who you are. And so right across this room, real quick, I want to pray. Maybe we'll close our eyes. Bow our heads. If you're here and you're one of those first people who who just need a fresh encounter with Jesus this morning, maybe you've had an encounter with Him, but you've you just, you've just lost that zeal in your spirit. I'd love to pray with you this morning. If that's you, just lift your hands to the Lord, and I'm going to pray right across this room. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you fall on every person right now. Let the fire of God fall. Lord, would you encounter your saints this morning? Would you encounter every individual this morning that's reaching out to you, Jesus? Lord, just again, breathe into them, Lord, like you breathed into Adam. Would you breathe the fire of God in them? Lord, would you open up their eyes like you opened up Moses and the burning bush, Lord? Would you, Lord, even to a point where some of us need to be knocked off a donkey, Lord, or, or, or be blinded or, or whatever, just to ask to get your attention. Lord, would you come on every person. Let the, let the love of God be poured on every person this morning. Let the fire of God stir in their hearts like in, in, in 2 Timothy, Lord. Would you fan into flames, Lord, the gifts that you've placed on, on, on us this morning. Would you stir our heart, Lord. Lord, could we imitate you, Lord, 
the love that you have for us, Jesus. Would you get a fire in our heart, God? Would cause us to now lead into that second thing where we're praying. I want to pray for every person who doesn't believe in themselves, who feels like they've failed, who feels like they couldn't do this, who have even got doubt in their minds. Oh, no one would want me. I couldn't do that. I'm not good enough. It's a lie of the devil. It's a lie of the enemy. And I want to pray over you this morning. I want to pray with you. If, if you're feeling like that this morning, I want you to reach your hands to heaven and I, I'm just going to pray over you. Father, in Jesus' name, let the power of God fall afresh on every single person. Lord, would you, Lord, Lord, would you renew their mind right now? You have called them for such a time as this. And Lord, let the fire of God stir in every person's heart. Lord, Father, I break every lie of the devil that says you can't do this. And I take and I, I rebuke words that have been sown of the devil, Lord, and we pull them out. And I speak the seed of God, the word of God into their soil, Lord, right now, Lord. And I declare, I declare, Lord, a, a miraculous growth right now that's going to grow up, Lord. And the nothing's going to strangle out the promises that you've placed in their hearts, Lord. Nothing's going to pull back. The Lord will try and tear down. Father, I pray right now over the, over us as people, Lord. I hold up the shield of faith, Lord, back, to hold back the fiery arrows, Lord, as it says in Ephesians. Lord, I declare faith in this room, faith to believe, faith to go forward, faith to know that they're a child of God, faith, Lord, that they've got a purpose, faith, Lord, to push through into the plans, Lord, that you have for us. In Jesus' name, I declare, Lord, like a ceiling in their heart right now. Just like what Moses would say, who am I? Lord, this morning we say, I am who God has called. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I break that spirit now in Jesus' name. Friends, I know what it's about. I grew up with words spoken over my life, saying that you're this, you're this, you're this. By the grace of God, right now, I re rebuke every one of those negative words in Jesus' name. I Lord, I declare a renewing of the mind in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray for that third thing this morning. Come on, every single one of us has been favored. Every single one of us has been graced by God. Every single one of us has something in our hands. But can we use it for the glory of God? Can we use it for His church? Can we use it to see the kingdom of God? Can we use it to be a, a planter? Can we use it to be a waterer? Can we use it to create a space for God to grow? And Father, if, that, if that's you, just respond however you want to respond. But Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, and I thank you, Lord. Your word says that all has been given gifts, but it's by the same Holy Spirit. Lord, I, I just again release an atmosphere of faith in this room, God. Lord, faith to go. Faith to, Lord, serve you with our entire lives. Faith to give over all of Sunday to you, God. To see great churches are seeing salvation 
or every Sunday to see, Lord, healing every Sunday, to see, Lord, uh, churches to grow and, 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 Lord, not hopping along but running with every single person there. Lord, that every single jigsaw puzzle would be completed, Lord. There people wouldn't be missing, but people would say, yeah, yeah, I, I want to serve. I've, I've never been able to do this before, but would you, would you train me? Would you help me? Father, your church is the, is the very thing that you're coming back for, the bride of Christ. And so, Father, I pray faith in this room over your people. Lord, would you bless them? Would you pour out favor over their lives this morning, Lord? Would you, Lord, anoint them with courage like you anointed Esther, Lord? Would you anoint them with courage like you anointed David, Lord? Would we use what's in our hand to serve you, God? Could we see, Lord, a great church continue to be even greater in this great, greater Wellington region, Lord, and beyond? Father, we thank you for what you've placed in our lives. We, Lord, again, humble ourselves. We're your servants, Lord. May you use us. Lord, we honor you with our lives, and we praise your mighty name. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I believe this morning God stirred in in my heart. I pray he stirred in your heart. We we love Wellington. We love you guys, and we pray that you have a great rest of the day. We'll see you out here.